0: We continue walking with Jesus through this Lenten season. We have walked with him as he walked in the wilderness and, and another time walked up a mountain and walked with his disciples in the crowds teaching today. Uh, not much walking in the scripture per se, but, but very much as you heard in the moment with children, a focus on the feet. John chapter 12 verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus. Whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 1991 in New Berlin, New York, a 31-year-old physician, Bill Thomas, became the medical director for the chase memorial nursing home this nursing home had 87 severely disabled residents half of them were physically disabled four out of five had alzheimers or some sort of cognitive disability he immediately begins making the rounds addressing what whatever he could with all the medical know-how from medical school giving medications taking time with each person and in time, he diagnosed the, the, the fundamental issue with, with, with the, the people, the place. It, it wasn't, wasn't medical, what he observed. What it, it was pervasive boredom, isolation, and loneliness. It was deeply dispiriting. So, long story short, uh, Dr. Thomas, himself someone who at this point owned a small farm with his wife. He had an idea that he brought to The the board of the Chase Memorial Nursing Home. And if you want to read the longer version, it's in a chapter of a great book I heartily recommend called Being Mortal, Medicine and What Matters in the End by Atul Gawande. The idea was this, what if, what if they tore out a big portion of the grass there in front of the nursing home and and, and built uh, vegetable and and flower gardens in that space And, and what if they brought in real life plants? into the nursing home itself. And as well, what if what if they brought in a few dogs and, and cats uh, to live there? What if they brought in uh, some parakeets and a colony of rabbits and a flock of hens? What if? And And what if one of the the, the, the underused wing of this nursing home, what if they converted that, to after-school childcare for the children of employees that needed somewhere to to go so that the staff could uh, be more easily present. I mean, what if they brought in a veritable farm and young children to a nursing home as part of the ongoing reality there? A new way to maybe bring some new life and and potentially invite some who are there to, to take part in the responsibility of all this. What if? And if they could get some of that official approval and they could get some grant funding, and I'll talk about that process in a few moments. Dr. Thomas also had this idea he called the Big Bang. Let's not roll this out uh, sort of slowly and progressively, but let's pick a day on the calendar, open the door for all of the animals to arrive at the same time, the children to begin arriving, and the gardens to begin being built and underway. Well, the big day, it did arrive. The parakeets they arrived on a delivery truck but before the delivery truck that had their cages so they were released into the beauty salon and they shut the door and just kind of kept them there <laughs> a little bit later that other truck arrived but the cages were not assembled so a few staff took a few hours to, to build bird cages and then uh, get the birds into them uh, residents watched with curiosity Dogs and cats began showing up. A couple dogs pooped in one of the residents' room on the first day. Uh, um, Another part of the staff quickly transitioned, you know, the the, the medical cart into uh, an animal feeding cart because they were going to need a way to just start making the rounds. It was nuts. It was pandemonium. It smelled. I mean, it smelled like a farm. It was also a scene of, of, of lavish, over-the-top, really can't believe they tried that in a nursing home. Generosity. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, an amount of perfume equivalent to a year's wages. Anointed Jesus' feet and then wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. Ours is a scene of lavish over-the-top. Really can't believe she offered a year's wages worth of generosity all in a singular moment. The perfume. The hair. And of course, any anytime such extravagance is attempted or done in this world, it does bring about a reaction, right? I mean, inevitably, if you do something that is over the top, by definition, you've gone above whatever most of society deems as the top for very good reason, and you're out here somewhere. This is what Dr. Thomas encountered, by the way, when he uh, proposed the, the garden and the farm and the children to the nursing home. When he first proposed dogs and cats, they said this is off base. It's just not what we're about. When he went on and proposed birds, um, they said code. They actually were able to turn the page open as the code clearly states no birds allowed in the nursing home. Uh, When he told them the number of animals he had in mind, they said, this is going to smell like a zoo. And then, uh, of course, some rightly noted the fact that there had been a number of staff members hadn't had a raise in a couple of years. And a lot of the staff watched anxiously as the state set its budget every year. Look, it's not that trying to improve the morale of, of the residents is wrong. It's just... The people already here are, 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 are deserve better pay and, and the facilities because you you'd some, some real TLC. And, and why are we asking, uh, pursuing a grant to pursue a zoo when we need to just maintain the place we already have and we're, we're not doing a great job at, at that? And honestly, hard to argue with. I mean, that's just good old-fashioned pragmatism. You don't always like it, but, but someone's got to say it. We got to tend to the basics. Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, said, "Why was this perfume not sold for three hundred denarii and the money given to the poor? Why? Why are we wasting all this money in one singular, brief, momentary act of devotion when we could readily feed the poor for months on end with this money? Feeding the poor is part of part of the basics when it comes to God's law. Why? Now, to be sure, you heard John gives us Judas's motivation in this. He's not really." concerned about the poor he was a thief he kept the common purse and he would steal what was put into it but but even so Judas is giving voice to something that many of us feel in the face of extravagance that's why he says it he knows it's a relatable sentiment shouldn't all this good being used in this moment be used to do good elsewhere and maybe we'd add we could even proportionate out and let it stretch a long way to be sure Jesus' response makes clear he does he does care a great deal about the poor he quotes in his response from Deuteronomy chapter 15 where where it says, where he says and it says you always have the poor with you but the whole verse he's quoting from and he definitely had in mind the whole verse when he, when he quotes it in his response to Judas is this Since there will never cease to be some in need on earth, I therefore command you, open your hand to the poor and needy neighbor in your land. In other words, because there are poor in every generation, open your hand and and, and give generously, regularly. Let that be part of the basic ongoing reality of following God's law. But... Jesus ultimately defends this extravagant devotion that is poured out upon his body that shall soon be buried. And in doing so, he makes clear that what this woman does is is a sign of what he himself is all about. And this just cannot be missed. Right? For just in a few days, Jesus himself will be poured out upon the cross in, in, in profound love for our humanity dead to sin. When John later tries to describe Jesus' love in, 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 in a letter, he says, consider the kind of extravagant love the Father has lavished upon us. When the Apostle Paul prays for the church, he prays that we might, quote, grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. When Jesus himself, he tries to put a description to God's love, he tells a parable. We sometimes call it the parable of the prodigal son. Where this shameful younger son is not sort of welcomed back. Let's, let's see if he means it. Let's see how he does. Right, but the younger son is embraced and, and gifts showered upon him. And, and they throw a week-long party upon his return. And then for good measure, the older son, who's sort of seething with judgmentalism about this whole thing, is told, ah, it's, it's all been yours as well. Jesus came not to give sort of some life here and some life there a reasonable, pragmatic amount but but never too much because uh, nobody really deserves it and some people aren't really going to appreciate it that much plus there's only so much to go around. Ours is a God that does not operate from a scarcity mindset but, but an abundance mindset poured out, extravagant, lavish. Do you know What happened at Chase Memorial Nursing Home, once the garden and the farm and the children all became regular features and realities in this space, Dr. Thomas recounts, people who we had thought weren't able to speak started speaking. People who had been completely withdrawn and non-ambulatory started coming to the nurse's station saying, I'll take the dog for a walk. Some residents took it upon themselves to become the ones that were in charge of making sure the animal food cart got on its rounds and completed every single day. All hundred parakeets were adopted and each one was given a name and treated as you treat one. With a name. One nurse kept a journal of of this season of life in this nursing home and wrote literally, you could see light turning on in the eyeballs of the residents. Also, the number of prescriptions that year required by the residents dropped by 50% and deaths went down 15%. Lavish love raises. The dead. Mary poured love lavishly upon a body nearing his death, and three days later, he was raised. Her act, a sign of the most fundamental gospel story, love raises the dead. And I bet that's why you're here. Extravagant love, somewhere, somehow, has been poured out upon you, upon us, and raised us i mean think about it for just a moment if you have ever been dumped on with love i'm talking maybe you've been throwing a birthday party where all the stops were pulled out you can still smell the candles you blew out and the kind of cake that was provided or, or 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 you were given a check that just blew your mind at just the right time and in, 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 in the deep need and genuinely it had not a string attached. You can still smell the room where that was offered Or if you've ever been held deeply in in the hug of forgiveness when every fiber of your being was was in the wrong and you can still smell the tears and perhaps the jacket that held you. Or if you've ever been given a standing ovation and just embarrassed the heck out of you and shook tears you didn't even know were there and maybe you can still smell the room. If you've ever had a friend sit with you at the lowest moment and then for the longest time through the lowest moment and you can still smell the scent of the candle that that burned its way down on one of those long, long evenings. If you've ever had a parent or a loved one who just would not Even in your lowest and worst and most shameful moments and failures and all the rest, they just would not stop insisting how proud they are of you, how much they love you, and maybe you can still even smell their scent. All of that and more, that is Jesus. That's love that raises the dead. That's the love that raises our spirits. That's the love that raises us unto life and joy and service and and, and worship. We are here. I'm confident. Not because someone uh, doled out rational, perfectly proportioned bits of love that seemed like we sort of had earned. uh, But because Jesus, through multiple someones in our lives, has thrown out entire jars worth of perfume and, and, and farms worth of Love upon us. What smells come to mind when you think of the extravagant forms of love that have been poured out upon you? And what does it look like to be the kind of church whose mindset is not captive to a, to a scarcity mindset? We don't have enough. We can't do it. We can't think about those kind of things. We just can't, but rather a church who remembers what brought us here in the first place and what our God is all about. And so we really we can't wait to figure out where we get to pour out the perfume and plant the next garden or let loose the animals or the children or just imagine what kind of fragrance God is stirring and blending. And as you think about that question, perhaps more specifically, we start to narrow it into, well, who then needs not just a, not just a card, but Maybe a party. Who needs not just a sandwich, but maybe a banquet? Who among us needs not just a polite word, but a deep hug of affirmation? Not just a nice promise, but genuine justice. Who among us needs not just a friendly hello, but but a friend? Who among us needs not just a roof over their head, but a home. And is not the answer all of us and all of them? Holy Spirit, lead us to where we might throw the next party in gratitude to all the ones you have thrown us and the ones you continue to throw us. Amen.